and welcome back to another episode of InCheck with Fintech. This week, we have the pleasure to be joined by Maida Choron, founder and CEO at ChargeAfter, an award-winning retail finance SaaS network platform. Maidat is a longtime high-tech industry veteran with over 15 years of experience scaling global payments and SaaS businesses with a people and customer-first approach. His company, ChargeAfter, is the first global network to provide a complete solution to point-of-sale financing from multiple lenders. Enjoy listening. I'll just start with saying, Maidat, welcome to uh, Inject with Fintech today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, great to... Uh, Great to have you. Would you mind? We always start with doing a bit of intro on the person, on the guest that we have on the show. Uh, could you tell us a bit more about uh, your background? Who's made up Sharon? Sure, sure. So I have a wife and three daughters, and I, I really like all of them, and I love my family. <clears throat> um, I I um, I grew in the in the payments industry, in the B two B international uh, industry, and. Uh, the background for me founding charge after and in a way it's telling also about me is that when I was uh, at the payment space and grew a company from a small payment company to be an acquirer and, a, um, and an issuer uh, of Visa and MasterCard serving international clients, I saw the gap that exists in the market where credit is not where it should be in terms of the need of the consumers. It is not where it should be in terms of the connectivity and the solutions that exist. And that led me to, to to build charge after in order to solve this problem that I will elaborate on later on. That makes sense. Yeah. All right. Okay. So you sell a gap in the markets and you acted on it. What kind of specifically does charge after do then uh, in that regard within payments? Sure. So maybe I will elaborate on the gap and then, and, and then I will be able to speak more about the uh, charge after. The, the gap that exists in the market and was the background is first the development of the credit market. If we think on how we consume things today, we have choices. It's personalized for us. If we go to vacation, we go to booking.com, we find um, the best hotel that is serving our needs specifically. We get multiple options and we choose. It's personalized, it's optimized, there are multiple options. Uh, in the credit space, still before BNPL and point of sale financing, we would go to our bank, we would uh, apply for a credit card, we would get decision after a while, we would be committed to this credit card that not necessarily gives us the best credit solution. It's almost like the um, travel market before booking.com where I would go to Hilton and Hilton and Hilton and maybe they're great, maybe not. And maybe they're great for this vacation, but they are not the best for the next vacation. The credit market has a value, um, has grown from um, an offline solution where I'm applying for credit here and then using only this method when I'm paying to a place where point of sale financing is allowing the consumer to choose the best credit available for them at the point of sale, at the point of need. And this is the background for the development of BNPL and point of sale financing that in my view is very similar to how the internet development developed, where before we had only newsletters and TVs, and now we have the variety and the choice and the instant uh, um, solution of the internet. The point of self financing in BNPL is bringing this multiple choices and instant credit options to the consumer and getting the best credit that they can get at the point of sale and point of need. Within that, that market, in the last five years, 
multiple lenders developed. There are hundreds of lenders today that are able to participate in what we call today BNPL or point of sale financing. But each one of them is providing a very specific uh, product and solution. They are providing a solution which is a specific financial product. It might be the classic BNPL, which is basically paying for four installments over six weeks. It might be long-term installments. It might be revolving line of credit with the flexibility that is connected to that or lease to own, which has its own advantages. Um, but it's one specific product. Each lender is providing one specific product. Not only that, each lender is focusing on a specific credit box. It might be prime consumers, new prime or subprime, but only one credit box. And on top of that, each lender would usually, not always, focus on a specific territory, on the US, on the UK. Some of them are focusing, are providing several territories, but there is no global lenders. Really. There is no lender that is covering the full credit spectrum. There is no lender that is covering the full product spectrum. And this is the pain that the consumers are experiencing. They are getting into a website or a store and they are facing a specific lender that might be best in what he does, but maybe it is not suitable to what the consumer needs. Maybe they won't be approved because they are not in the credit box of this lender. Maybe they are approved, but they are getting a product that doesn't fit their need. I might prefer the clarity and transparency of installments, or I might prefer the flexibility of revolving line of credit, or I might want to have list to own because this is the, the way that I consume things. I want to be able to change things and, and, and leasing is the right thing for me. And so the current situation is that each lender is providing one part of the puzzle and the consumers are either not approved or are forced to choose something, which is, which is impacting the conversion, obviously. This is the pain that the consumer are experiencing out, as an outcome of that. The merchants are experiencing a pain where the conversion is not where it should be. And a very important tool for them of point of sale financing and BNPL that is helping them to sell more, to increase the conversion, to increase the loyalty of the consumers is limited. Is limited because of the limit, limit, uh, limited choices, limited approval rates, uh, etc. What Charge After is doing, we are connecting this space. We are enabling the, uh, the merchant in one integration to be connected to all the lenders that, that he needs. He doesn't need to choose between this best lender to another lender. He wants them all. Because this lender is perfect in prime. This one is perfect in near prime. The other one in subprime. Together, they are covering the full credit box. This lender is providing an amazing installment solution. The other one is providing an amazing uh, revolving line of credit solution. And the other one is doing leasing. On top of that, by the way, there is the B2B and B2C. The merchants would like to serve their consumers and businesses. Charge After is allowing them to be uh, able to provide their, their customers, consumers and businesses with all types of point of sale financing and BNPLs in order to increase the conversion and to be able to optimize the financing funnel. We are creating connectivity in a market that today is disconnected very much like Visa and MasterCard connected the payment space from multiple issuers that are separated to a comprehensive and seamless solution that we have today, where we are just getting into the point of sale again, in-store, call center, or e-commerce, and we use our credit card. We don't, we don't, you know, the, the store doesn't care if we have 
uh, MasterCard or Visa. The store doesn't care if we are, our card is from um, Citibank or Wells Fargo or any other bank because they are all connected. This is the layer that we are building in the point of sale financing and BNPL space. Is that your vision then for uh, charge after to be kind of the Visa MasterCard of BNPL? Exactly. Yeah. I love that. That's uh, that's really cool. So if you so you basically increase the or you give consumers and businesses the choice of what credit line to use, what is that choice typically dependent on? Is it demographics? Is it region? Uh, is it the type of product? Or what are the things that normally are taken into account when a business or a consumer chooses for one or the other bis- uh, credit line? It's a great question. And it's all of the above, meaning that when I'm uh, reaching a point of sale, again, in-store or call center or in uh, or a website, let's use a website as an example. And my general data, my credit score, and and, and many other parameters will uh, decide which kind of offers I will get. Each lender has its own underwriting model. They are taking many data points into account, not only the credit score, but many other data points. And, and they are deciding whether they approve or decline this consumer. Based on that, we present the offers to the consumer and then the consumer, based on his preferences, can choose what is the best fit for him. What does he prefer? We, in a way, are doing a bit on behalf of the consumer between the different banks and bring to him the best options that exist in the market. Interesting. You said so yourself as well. You've been in the payments for a little while, right? You started back in 2010. You headed up, obviously, sales within... Uh, and can save charge. If you look at that back then in 2010 compared to now, I'll talk a bit more generally about the BMPL market. Was there much BMPL digitized in the same way as there is today? Or what the, are the changes that you've seen over those past 10 to 12 years, let's say? Yeah, I think that we had an amazing 12 years. You know, it's a, uh, the market was completely different 10 years ago. And BNPL and point of sale financing existed in a super limited way 12 years ago, either by the merchants um, providing installments by their own or by uh, almost only private label cards. And today we have a variety of products, B2C and B2B. Um, and within B2C, as I mentioned before, installments, all types of installments, by the way, uh, um, card installments that are supported by Visa and MasterCard, um, short-term installments and long-term installments, revolving out of credit, these two on the variety didn't exist 12 years ago. And the capabilities 12 years ago to underwrite the consumers instantly at the point of sale, at the point of need, were super limited. Today, we have those uh, uh, capabilities within the hundreds of lenders in the market. And this brings the layer, the charge after provide, the connectivity layer, the control, the ability of the merchants to decide which lenders they work with and how do they optimize them within the funnel, those tools of data and control and reporting that Charge After brings with the connectivity into much more a relevant place in the market because 12 years ago, if there are no lenders, there is no need for Charge After. Today, when there are hundreds of lenders that are separated, there is a need for uh, the connectivity layer that Charge After provides. How do you see then looking at the kind of accurate market? If we look at what we've been through over the last 12 to 18 months, let's say, when it comes to 
BNPL specifically uh, from being the hero. Everyone wanted to be there. If you weren't investing, you weren't uh, a part of the game to almost being a zero um, recently. I think mainly on the BTC BNPL side. How do you look at that kind of current state of market for buy now, pay later? I think that this is the classic, um, almost the textbook of the development of a new trend. There is hype. We were in the hype. Now we are in the pain. And the next phase will be the growth. In a way, it is similar to where the internet was in the year 2000, where there was a hype, then there was a pain, and then the real growth started. And, and we are now in the pain, and we are going to move into growth very soon. And if to take it into more specific um, uh, terms of our market, um, I, I think that the, in the last 18 to 24 months, two things happened in Bali. One, the market understood that BNPL is here to stay. This is not only an important payment method, this is potentially the future of credit. This will change the way that the consumer are consuming credit. I completely see a situation in the future where consumer will expect to have all their credit options, all their different financial products, the best score and offer that they can get today, not a month ago, not a year ago, at the point of sale. This will be their expectation. So I think that the market understood that BNPL and point of sale financing are here to stay and they are going to grow as an outcome of that. And we see it very clearly. All the big payment players are adopting or adopted in the last 18 to 24 months BNPL as part of their offering. And those markets were almost separated before. There was the payments market and there was the point of sale financing market. Today they are coming together because by the end of the day, point of sale financing and BNPL is the payment method. And this is a very exciting thing for the market. The payments mainstream is adopting the newcomer, the BNPL and point of sale financing. So this is a very <clears throat> positive trend we are enabling already. And we are on the ver on the on the in, in very advanced stages of advancing, enabling many more of the largest acquirers in the world, where they understood that they need to provide BNPL and point of sale financing. At the same time, they understood the complexity of this world, how this is a disconnected world, and if they will connect to this lender or the other, this won't give them the full solution. And they they are basically using the rails, the charge after built. And we are providing this to them in a white label version in order to offer their merchants a complete solution for buy now, pay later and, and point of sale financing. So this is a very positive trend that happened uh, in the market in the last 18 to 24 months. The market understood that BNPL and point of sale financing is here to stay. And the big players are adopting BNPL and point of sale financing as part of the offering as they support credit cards and PayPal and alternative payment methods, they're also going to support that. And we are, our play, our place in that is that we are the enabler of that, allowing the acquirers uh, to do what they do best and using the, the rails that we have built, the compliance, the, the, the connectivity and the customization, the matching engine, etc. I agree the with you, Lance. Yeah, sorry. Sorry, yeah. Uh... I was about to say, I, I agree with you in terms of BNPL is here to stay. Um, I think there's been a call for more regulation as well around BNPL. What is your opinion on that? Do you feel that that is necessary? 
Completely. I think that the other the other trend, right? And the, the your question is <laughs> that from the hero to the villain, right? Yeah. This is a stage in the maturity of the market. BNPL is here to stay. It's more than BNPL, right? It's more than painful. It's point of sale financing is the ability of a consumer to get credit at the point of sale, at the point of need. Do we need more regulation? Of course, it's credit. We need to be super careful about credit. We are, we want to enable the consumers to buy more, but we don't want, want to uh, place them in a in a situation where they won't be able to pay back those uh, credit methods or credit uh, uh, options that they're they're getting. So regulation is important. The market has moved from hero to there is a pain today in the market, and the market is maturing. We need regulation, more regulation in the market. We need clear disclosures to the consumers. We need to make sure that the consumer is not getting too much, that he's not applying to 10 different lenders in parallel and getting 10 different loans, stacking them one on top of the other, but uh, uh, working with the regulators to regulate the market so it will help consumers and won't risk them. Charge After is viewing that as an essential part of the market we think that our role as a platform, as the network, is to enable this regulation to happen and to give the best solution to the consumer. We also see, and this is a very important mega trend, that the banks are viewing that as their time to shine. The challenges in the market today to the fintechs that are providing BNPL is that the cost of money is increasing because of the, the inflation and the interest rates. And mainly the interest rates and regulation is needed more. But the banks have better, are better in terms of cost of money, right? They don't need to take the money from outside there. They have it from deposit and they're already regulated. And they feel in a way that it is, it is their time to take the BNPL market back to their hands and provide an attractive offering to their consumers that are trusting them. There is huge trust from the consumers to the banks, they are good brands, and they want to bring it back. And uh, Charge After is helping to the multiple banks uh, to offer buy now, pay later, and point of sale financing to their consumers. Not by being the lender, we are not lenders, and we won't won't be lenders. We are helping them to connect to the merchants, to connect to the uh, shopping carts, uh, and and to build to bring the connectivity that we have in a white label version, so they can bring buy an open later product to their consumers. Are you struggling to plan your hiring strategy for 2023 in today's market? PCN is here to help. We offer a step-by-step consultation to provide tailored solutions to improve your hiring plan. Contact us today by visiting teampcn.com contact us to schedule your consultation and let us help you be ahead of your competition. Now, on banks, because you are clearly commercially minded, um, do you, and there is an opportunity for banks. Absolutely. You work with the banks. Do you see that they are very open and willing to also go after the kind of BAMPL market or build products around it together with you guys? Or do you feel that there's still some convincing needed and maybe some education to show them the benefit of doing that? I think, I think that they're excited. We see a lot of demand from, <clears throat> from banks that wants to, um, that wants to get into the market or to expand their offering within the within the market. And they do need some education in some cases, right? Banks are when you when we are speaking about the bank, it's a big, it's a big uh, uh, 
corporation, it's a big um, enterprise which has people that are more familiar with the market and people that are less familiar. But we need to remember the banks are there. They are providing uh, credit many years to the market. They're, they want to expand. And I think that the uh, what is happening now is that the market is maturing from BNP paying for, which is a single product in the market, to what do we think about point of sale financing in general, long-term installments, revolving, leasing, et cetera, et cetera. All those options. Where do we want to play as a bank? Each bank has a different answers, but all of them are looking to get into the market and expand their offering. We see it very clearly in the demand. I don't think that they they require more convincing or they are on the fence. They are there. They think that this is their time to take the market back from all the fintechs that, you know, did an amazing job of taking consumers from them. Yeah. Yeah, But they clearly planted the seed. So maybe it's a good time to read the benefits as a bank now, right? And indeed build on that consumer that they already have. And that is, uh, like you said, I agree. It's a big opportunity for them. Where do you see, because yeah, there is obviously a lot of, um, but still financing options out there. Um, I think there's been some discussion on, okay, to what extent does point of sale financing and or BNPL apply to any kind of product group? What do you, how do you feel about that? Do you feel it should be applicable to anything from groceries to cars to telephones to desks, uh, whatever it is? Yeah, it's, a, it's, a good, it's a good question. And, uh, and and we see it very clearly in the share of wallet that point of sale financing and BNPL represent within the different sectors. And there are some sectors where uh, financing is 80% of their sales. And because it's such an essential tool to sell to the consumer, because it's high uh, average uh, order value, yeah. it, those are big tickets, and the consumer would need financing. When I'm doing something for my home or something big for my body, if it's a healthcare, if it's home improvement, if it's furnitures uh, or electronics, and this is a big purchase, point of sale financing is super important. We see merchants where 80% of their sales is being financed. Uh, in other uh, sectors, it's 40%, very substantial uh, numbers. When we are going towards the lower of it, fashion, groceries, etc. point of sale financing become less crucial. I think that with time, there will be more and more products that will be relevant to that. Um, but the penetration level of point of sale financing and BNPL in those sectors is lower than the higher of it. Uh, so I think that it will uh, uh, develop and be important in all the areas where the average order value is above $200 and 50. And in the areas where it's lower than that, there will be very specific products that will help. They won't be uh, major as instant payments. So do you think that will change if you look at the future of BNPL? Do you think it will change much from what we and what you are building and shield, uh, charge after today? Or do you feel do you have a big vision on where the future of BNPL could be five, 10 years down the line? No, I think that we have we have big vision. We are super excited from the development of the market. The way that we see the market developing is that there will be more and more lenders, more and more products that will basically enable consumers to act according to their preferences. For example, we hear in the market in the last 18 months that there is a new product 
that uh, uh, that is developing and will allow consumers almost to rent the items that they that they purchase because consumers today don't want to buy a sofa and stay with it for 20 years they want to change it every 18 months so from in their view it is becoming something very similar to how we are paying for our mobile device on a monthly basis and then we're switching it to the new version so new forms of financing will serve the development of the consumer needs the variety of the uh, uh, financing options will increase our role within that and this is how we see charge after and um, value um, is that we will enable the development of this market we will continue to expand the connectivity of the charge after platform by adding more and more lenders more and more type uh, of financing options and and countries that we cover and credit boxes obviously and we will continue to enable our partners both the banks and the merchants to have a more visibility in terms in, in into the data data will become more and more important how the consumer is acting how do i um, do i apply for financing on the website and then I buy in store or do I apply and buy within the website? How do we control the data? How do we control and optimize which lenders we want to offer uh, as a merchant? Um, how do we optimize it? Um, how do we make this secure and compliant? This is a very big challenge in the market. Compliance is something that is ever evolving. Charge after is working tightly with the banks to make sure that everything is compliant. We have a, a compliance officer in charge after that is leading that. And how we make this compliant for the merchants to protect them. How we make this compliant for the banks. So the banks can say, this is not a risk to my brand. This is an opportunity for my brand. How do we make this secure? We are touching the most sensitive data of the consumers. We're investing a lot in developing the, the security layers of charge after more and more. So we will protect the consumer's data that we are getting. So compliance and security, data and control um, from, the, from the lender side on how, which lenders they want to work with and how do they optimize the offering? What do they present first, what second? And you mentioned before, you know, the different types of uh, and where point of sort of financing uh, will be relevant in groceries or when you buy when you when you uh, renovate your kitchen within merchants you have those situations as well meaning that i can get to the same merchants and one time to buy something in 100 dollars and a second time to buy something in ten thousand dollars how do i present to this consumer different financing options that will be suitable to this specific transaction when i'm buying something in ten thousand i need different financing solution than if i'm buying something in 100 dollars and so all this control, connectivity, matching between the consumer, the specific transactions, transaction and the different lenders with the data and security and compliance, those are the areas to charge after develop both for the banks that are using our solution in a white label version and for the merchants that are using our solution. Actually, I think that's it. Basically, you are at the center of where the BMPL and point of sale financing industry is going to go by the sounds of it, because you're connected to so many providers, lenders, banks. You, you said it earlier that you're also trying to be at the heart of regulation that is being developed. Um, so you are really at the forefront as a company. I think that's super cool. I think that we are we are an enabler. 
right? We are the what we what we are building is an enabler for um, the point of sale financing and BNPL market to develop. We are not lenders. We are not going to be lenders. There are great lenders in the market. They are our partners. We respect them and we work closely with them. What we provide is the connectivity, the control, the data, and enabling both the banks that we work with and the merchants to do what they do best. Yeah, exactly. Right. The recession is creating challenges that we feel the charge after is in a best position to address because the stability of the lenders is challenged now, right? The stability and the approval rates of the lenders is challenged. And in a time like this, if I'm a merchant, I need more a platform that will give me redundancy and choice. So I won't be dependent on one lender that might change their approval or just go out of the market, you know, because well, the different rates will change. So is that a guarantee to charge after gives in to their kind of merchants? Is that indeed the lenders that you connect them with uh, won't be uh, defaulting or indeed change their um, terms and conditions? No, we, we cannot we cannot guarantee that the lenders won't change the terms and conditions of their approval rate or go out to the market. We can guarantee the merchants will have an alternative all the time, right? So if this lender is changing, they will have another lender. If this lender is going out to the market, we will bring them another lender that will that is available on the network. So the redundancy and the connectivity is in a way guaranteeing we saw it in the beginning of COVID. Yeah. Sorry for not covering it, where we saw lenders cutting at the beginning of COVID, lenders were very afraid that something very bad will happen. It turns out to be very good for them and for the industry, but they thought that it will be very bad and they cut their approval by 50%. What we saw, we charged after that our approval rate stayed very stable because when this lender didn't approve, the other lender took it. And if the other lender didn't take it, then you know, there was another lender and another lender. And from the merchant side, their approval rate stayed stable. Uh, all right, okay. Yeah, if you need in times of uncertainty, you kind of need stability as much as you can, and specifically when it comes to financing products, and that is more important than ever, of course. Exactly. Yeah. Well, great, man. What I basically, what I've the main things I wrote written down is your vision is to become the uh, Visa Del Mastercard BNPL. I think that is a really cool vision. I would definitely uh, market that out. Uh, and I like your similarity with the internet uh, that you've drawn several times. So thanks for your time. It's been great to have you uh, on the show. Um, and um, if people want to find out more, you can go to chargedafter.com uh, or I guess to your LinkedIn profile. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, I wish you uh, all the best with uh, Charge After this year. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. And I'm always happy and excited to speak about point of self financing and BNPL. Uh, I think that we're in exciting times of the industry. I'll start with Chargedafter. Thanks, Mehrat. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of InCheck with Fintech. If you enjoyed this episode, hit the like button and leave us a comment below. We'll be having more industry leaders soon, so don't forget to subscribe as well in order to stay updated with the latest episodes of our podcast.